Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. We have been talking about rejoice always. And as you have listened to the previous teaching, we learned that joy is related to faith. When we have faith, we have the joy of faith. And when we have faith, we have the confident expectation of hope, according to the Bible called hope, which is a confident expectation in the fulfillment of the promises of God. But not every Christian is joyful. In fact, it's quite rare to see joyful Christian when we compare the percentage of Christian in the world. Why? Because we are living in this world that is so full of problems and pains and disappointments and setbacks and attack of the enemy. We face the attack of the enemy. We face all kinds of things that cause us to be depressed, to be down, to be upset. And then when we let that take over in our heart, we become depressed and we become very negative. Therefore, we need to make a decision not to yield to depression, not to yield to any attack of the enemy. We have to fight against our own flesh. The flesh tries to tell us, the mind will tell, try to tell us to look at the thing, walking by sight, or negative things happen, we become down again. We are walking by sight because we are living in the flesh. And we also have the enemy of our souls, the devil and demons who try to control us and try to put the bad feeling into our heart or try to lie to us and deceive us. You are not the only person in the world that face this kind of situation that we, that we all need to fight against the depression and against walking by sight. First Peter chapter 5, verses 8 to 9. I like the NLT version here. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy. He prowls around like a rolling lion, looking for someone to devour. He wants to destroy you, so he will attack you. He will bring bad people to do bad things to you. He will try to deceive you and talk to you so that you will become depressed. And after you become depressed, you cannot eat, you cannot sleep, and you are weak, and you become sick, and your life is shortened because you are sick all the time. Stand firm against him. And do you notice that Peter gave us the key how to fight against the devil? Be strong in your faith. We fight against the enemy by faith. Remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are. Therefore, I want to encourage you. Don't yield to the devil. Don't walk by sight. But hang on to the promises and the goodness of God and the grace of God. If you are depressed, you grieve, you cry, your cry is not going to help you or help anybody. It will make the condition worse. If you cry, you are sad, it's not going to improve the situation at all. So you need to rise up and walk by faith. You need to stir yourself up and pull your ear and say, Wake up! I'm not going to stay in depression. I'm going to walk by faith. In order to get the victory in your life, it's not to stay depressed or to be sad all the time. You may not understand everything. You may not be able to control everything in your life because you and I are human beings. 
But the best thing that we can do to get victory is to get God involved with us. We get Him involved in our situation. Many times, when I face difficulty in my medical practice, surgical practice, I start to get depressed because wow, this is a tough situation. To deal with because I care for my patients so much and I don't want them to have any problem, and then have to stir myself up and say, "No, I have the Almighty God. I can pray to God that God can resolve this problem for my patient." I stir myself up to be in faith again, to walk by faith and trust in the goodness of the Lord. So when we face problem, instead of being down, being depressed, and being weak. We should rise up and say, "God, I look at you. You are the good God. I can experience the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You are the God of victory. You are the God of the breakthrough. I'm gonna trust in your promise. I will not let the circumstances control me or put me down. I'm gonna stand in faith and trust you. And when you begin to walk in faith like that, what happened?" The problem in your life becomes smaller and less darker, less dark. You become so strong in your faith, and you say, "I can fight with this. I can have victory in this." The gladness of your heart will start to shine from your eyes, and come out from your voice, and you can fight the battle because the more faith you have, the more joy you will have, and then the more strength you shall have. And then you call the presence of God, the grace of God, into your life because you receive the grace, the help from God by faith. I want God to get involved with me in in any situation. And how can I get God involved with my situation? Faith. I need to walk by faith. That's why Philippians chapter four verse four say, "Rejoice in the Lord always." Again, He's Emphasize one more time. Again, I say rejoice. The book of Philippians is a book of rejoicing, and this verse is a summary of the whole book of Philippians. The Bible say, "Be glad at all time." I say again, be glad. This is not a pep talk by God. This is an instruction of the Lord. Rejoice always. Again, I say, rejoice is the command or instruction from the Lord. First Thessalonians chapter five, verses sixteen to eighteen: Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. When you face situation, instead of being down, just give it to God. Pray to God. In everything, give thanks. Give thanks means you believe that God can answer your prayer. For this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus, for you, God command us rejoice always. How often is always? How often? Once a week? One minute a day? Always mean all the time. When should we rejoice? When? Morning? Afternoon? Everyone say always. Always. We should rejoice. Always, some of you may say, "Oh, this is impossible. I cannot rejoice always." But if you stand before Jesus right now and look at His eyes, and He say to you, "Son, daughter, rejoice always," you're gonna say, "No way." Are you gonna argue with Him? I hope you don't argue with Jesus. You would say, "Yes, Lord, I obey You. I will rejoice always. I will be glad all the time." Amen. I don't see smiling on people's face here. Some people sit like this. I'm talking about rejoicing, people. Can I see the smile on your face? <laughs> This is a command of the head of the church, not Pastor Lau. Rejoice always. Amen. So, if God speak to you that way, you need to take His instruction seriously, and you will see the victory in your life. The Book of Psalm 34, verse 1. 
Psalm 34 verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. Everyone say at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. This scripture stay in the same line as Philippians chapter 4 and 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. You praise the Lord at all times. His praise shall be in your mouth all day long. What does it mean here? We are talking about the way of life. The way of life. Certainly, there are times that we sleep and we don't praise God because we're sleeping. Certainly, there are times that we sit in the movie theater and we don't shout, Hallelujah, like this. People are going to look at you. What is going on here? This is crazy. Or we don't laugh in there, laugh in the Holy Ghost in the movie theater because people will feel bothered by you. But it's a lifestyle. It's the way of life that all the time in your heart, you believe God. You have joy in your heart. You smile. You trust God. That joy, that praise, that thanksgiving is there all the time in your heart, no matter where you are. And whatever time in your life, it's the way of life. Everyone say, way of life. Matthew chapter 18, verse 3. And said, as surely I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Have you ever watched five to seven years old kids? How many people have children and grandchildren and you watch them? You remember when your children were five years old, seven years old? They always laugh. They always run around jumping up and down. And any little, little thing, they laugh. They have fun. So God tried to say we should be humble and be joyful like little children. What happened is that as we pass through life longer and longer, we have been bombarded by disappointments, by bad things that happen in our life. All these bad things that happen steal our joy away. And we are not like children anymore. We become so dull, so religious, and so unhappy with everything because we gather and harbor all the bitterness and all the depression in our life. Let's go back to be little children. Amen? Amen. That's what is good yesterday when I saw those two men, the husband of Monk's lady laughed in the Holy Ghost. And oh, one man who came to our camp, this past camp, his name is Lavik. They gave testimony that before he turned to God, he was a brand new believer. He and his wife fight every day. They keep fighting, fighting. And the wife gave her life to Jesus. So he followed her to our camp this year. And in the camp, he gave his life to Jesus. And he got touched by the fire. He laughed in the camp. And now, no more fighting in the house. They love each other. They have good time. They always laugh together. And you saw this man sit on the floor, drunk in the Holy Ghost, and keep laughing and laughing. Everyone look at, this is not monk's men. Monk's men is not like this. So he was totally changed. He has faith and he has joy in his heart. He looked like a little children sitting on the floor and laughing and having fun in the presence of God. Lack of joy is one of the reasons that m- cause people to be weak spiritually and physically. Lack of joy is not good things. Too many Christians are so depressed, including some preachers. Can you imagine if Pastor Lau is a depressed preacher or pastor? What's going to happen to the whole congregation? Everything produces its own kind. Is that right? If I'm a sad pastor, my whole congregation is going to be sad. I cannot give to you what I don't have. I only can give to you what I have. So if I'm not joyful, I'm not a man of faith, I'm going to be depressed all the time and weak all the time, and it will show up on my face, and it will come out in the tone of my voice, it will come through my eyes, and you're going to catch it. And you're going to learn from me. And you're going to become like me. God is good. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. No. I want to be a joyful preacher. I want to be a joyful pastor. 
so that my members will catch the joy for me. Amen. Amen. Husband, you need to be a joyful husband. Happy husband. Full of faith. Don't be too serious. Sometimes men think, oh, you know, I have dignity. I cannot smile. I am a man. No. You can smile and laugh as a man. Amen. Especially in the Asian culture. In the, I don't know American culture. Asian culture, man always like have to hold to show dignity. So please be a joyful man, a joyful leader. We as believers are supposed to be the bright, shining, glistening light of God in society. When we walk into the party, when we walk into our office, the light of God will shine through our eyes. The joy of the Lord will be in our tone of voice. When we walk in, life come up in that place. People look at us, yeah, good day today, yes, good, instead of, oh, bad day. No, you shine the light. You are the one who bring life into your party, into your workplace, into your home. Amen? I'm not talking about the joke with a dirty joke, laughing with a dirty joke. I'm talking about the joy of the Lord. When you have faith, you have joy. The strength come up in you, and there you're going to impart that joy into people around you. That's what happened at Harborview Hospital in 1986 when I became chief resident. Normally, in the ICU, 12th floor of Harborview Hospital was a very depressed place because people got into accident, aneurysm rupture, the family cried, the nurse all looked very depressed because everyone dying and have bad brain injuries. Some people comatose for months and days in the Harborview Hospital. So when I became chief resident, I walked around and smiled and happy. The whole atmosphere of the ICU changed by this Christian doctor because I bring faith there. I brought the strength and the joy into that place. And the nurse started to like me as a doctor, not as a boyfriend, as a doctor. <laughs> Don't take me wrong. Otherwise, Pastor Dam may think that I flirt with nurses. No. I bring the joy into the ICU there. Amen? So the spirit of faith, the spirit of joy on the inside of you is a spirit of victory. When you have that spirit of victory, it will light up your eyes. It will produce victory in the tone of your voice. You may not have all the answer for your situation. You may not know all the solution in your situation. But you know there is a solution from your God. God knows everything. And God can handle everything for you. You walk around with the spirit of victory and say, Hey, I don't worry about this. God is going to take care of this. He's a perfect God. He's a good and gracious God. He will take care of this problem for me. I'm going to walk around with the spirit of victory in my heart. And that spirit will shine through my eyes and come out through my mouth. First Peter chapter 1, verse 8. Whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, you have not seen Jesus, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. People ask you, why you laugh, why you smile? I don't know. I just have joy. I cannot explain to you. I know God gives me joy. And when you have that faith and joy, your life will be full of glory. The presence of God will be upon you. So everywhere you go, you bring life over there. People will get healed. People will receive salvation and deliverance because you are the man and the woman of faith, of victory and joy. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 6. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are if we hold fast the confidence or the faith and the rejoicing of the hope, hope means confident expectation, firm to the end. Let me read from Amplified Bible. But Christ the Messiah was faithful over his own father's house as a son and master of it, and 
It is we who are now members of this house. If we hold fast and firm to the end, our joyful and exultant confidence and sense of triumph in our hope in Christ. This scripture talk about the house of God. Are we a house of God? Are we a house of God? Yes. I am a living stone. You are the living stone. And we all come together by the Holy Spirit. The living stone come together to be the house of God. Every time I look at unbelievers, I look at them. Wow, this is a potential building material. I want to change that non-believer to be the living stone and joy into the house of God. And when the last living stone joy into the house of God in this world, Jesus will show up and come back. Our job is to go out to look for building materials more and more to come into the kingdom of God. But the Bible here say the house of God is the house of joy. Everyone say the house of joy. The rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Again, this Hebrew chapter 3 verse 6 talk about group of people, community, the house of God or the church that have Christ as a center. And these people who are the house of God, you and me, hold fast to the confidence, have strong faith, and rejoicing of the confident expectation or hope of the triumph of the victory to come to the end. My dear brother and sister, I want to encourage you. When we become a Christian and we believe in Christ Jesus, not only that, we enjoy His miracle, healing, supernatural provision, the presence of God. We enjoy the blessing of Abraham, but we also should know that the best thing has not come yet. We are going to see the best thing. The best thing is that one day we will be with him for eternity. We will be in our own mansion, and we're going to see Jesus face to face. And we're going to receive rewards in heaven of what we have done on this earth with faith and love. That day will be the celebrating day that we're going to see Jesus Christ. So, as believers, we hold fast to that confidence. And we have faith that today in this world, in this life, God will take care of us. But on that day, we will be in paradise forever. With Jesus Christ. And I will live forever and fellowship with Pastor Da, with many of you. I hope all of you. How many people believe you're going to go to heaven? Raise your hand up. Oh, thank God. Okay, thank God. You believe you're going to go to heaven? You believe in Jesus? Are you glad we're going to spend time together in heaven? And I'm going to visit your home, your mansion up there. Amen? We should rejoice. The church of God should be the rejoicing place because we are blessed on this earth. We are strong. We receive the promise of God and one day we're going to be in heaven forever together. Should we rejoice? Amen? Let me ask you this question. Okay, simple question. If your daddy called you up and say, son, daughter, I bought a very nice big home for you with three car garage at the waterfront close next to Lake Washington. Your dad called you and said, you don't have to pay even one penny. It's free. Let me ask you how you react. <laughs> how you respond to that phone call? Oh, oh. How? Yeah. Hallelujah! I try to give you some picture here. You're going to be in heaven. You can see the mountain and the waterfront, and you're going to be there forever in your own mansion. God is building a house for you right now by His angel. You should live in this life. Yes, I will be in heaven. And I enjoy the presence of God here. Amen? We should be that way. That's why I cannot understand why some Christians are, de- are depressed. Because they don't understand 
that the heavenly Father call you up and say, "Hey, free your house in heaven. I build it for you." Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10, 22 to 25. Are you okay? I still have some time. The, the clock is not. Yeah, I still have some time. Let us draw near with a true heart, in full. You know, I just talked to Pastor Dad yesterday on the airplane. When you read the scripture carefully, either from Peter, from Paul, you notice one thing: the Bible emphasizes a lot about faith. Faith, confidence, hope, assurance, hope fast come up all the time in the scripture, because it's so important to walk by faith. Let us draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith. Faith in God, faith in the promise of God, faith in the future that we're going to be in heaven. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast, again, hold fast to the confession of our hope. Confident expectation. Again, again, again. Faith, hope, hope fast. Confession of our hope without, in, without wavering. Wow. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As, it, as is the manner or the habit of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. In this sermon, I'm talking about the rejoicing house, the rejoicing house, the church that is full of joy. And in that time, in the time of Paul, some believers have the habit of not going to church service or the worship service on Sunday. The Bible talking about we come together on a regular basis. We are assembling together to be in the service together. We go to care group, we go to church on Sunday. I heard some Christians say this way, I love God so much. I can commune with Him out there in the nature. I don't need to go to church. I just go to the Maurania and spend time with God. I can get into my boat in Lake Washington and I just pray to God myself. Oh, I love to spend time with God on my own. I don't like the brother and sister. Some of them are nasty. I don't like to meet them. I like to eat steak, but they like to eat pad thai. So I don't like them. So I'd rather stay away from church. That is we call convenience in the flesh. You don't need to wake up to go to church on Sunday. You don't have to drive to care group. You don't need to go to camp. You just spend time with God in your own bedroom. But to be a Christian, it means we take the Bible seriously. We take the command of God seriously. We cannot be a Christian without taking the Word of God seriously. The Word of God here say, it's not good that we have a habit of missing the assembling or the church service. And thank God, when I became a believer in 1981, I and Pastor Da woke up that first Sunday. We accepted Christ on Saturday. We woke up first Sunday. We say, let's go to church. We're going to be a real Christian. We're going to seek our God. And since then, we will never miss church. Even though sometime at night, I did not sleep all night because of performing surgery. At least I go to church and maybe I fall asleep sometime because I didn't sleep all night. But I still make an effort to go to church because I know it's important to be in the presence of my brothers and sisters. Let me read one more time. Not forsaking, Hebrew 10.25, not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together. This is Amplified Bible. As believers, as is the habit of some people, but admonishing, warning, urging, and encouraging one another, and all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. 
Why God want us to go to church every Sunday? Why does God want us to be in the fellowship, to gather together? Why we try to have the young adult fellowship on the 18? Why I always like to go to care group, even though I'm a pastor. I plant churches many places. I never give excuse not to go to show up in a care group. I still go to care group every Friday if I'm in town. Why? Because this is a basic thing for every believer. That I should fellowship. I should go into the meeting. Being absent from the worship meetings is not God's will. Why? Because there are benefits of coming together. How many people, sometimes you wake up on Sunday morning and you feel so tired, so depressed, so down, and you say, maybe today I miss it. But you say, okay, I need to obey God. I go anyway. But after the service is over, you say to yourself, I'm happy I'm here. Oh, thank God I'm here. And you got healed. This morning, somebody uh, sent me a message on the YouTube. I went to your church in Bangkok, and I got healed completely on Sunday. My chronic sickness all gone. You see, when you come together, you come together to exhort one another. Encourage one another, inspire one another, and impart to one another. If you are a strong Christian and you sit close to the new believer, your joy, your faith, your peace will inspire the person next, sit next to you. You turn around, hi, so good to see you. That person may come in the church and look so depressed. Oh, okay, you smile. And then you say, God is so good to me. Yesterday, God saved me from accident. Oh, really? Ah, oh, the faith of the person sit close to you will be lifted up. Amen. That's why God wants us to be together. Yes. Amen? When you come into the service, you come into the presence of God. The Holy Spirit touch you, build your faith, build your joy, give you strength. There's something in the gathering together impartation, building up, encouragement. We need that. How many people drive the car for five weeks without putting gas in your gas tank? Raise your hand up. Five weeks without putting gas in? It means you drive so little. You need to put the gas into your tank. The same thing, we come together to put the gas in our tank. If you are a young believer, Please don't sit with somebody who is down. Go find somebody who's so energetic and full of faith. Sit close to that person, and something gonna spill on you. You know, thank God. Believe me, thank God for the internet. A lot of people got touched by God through the internet. The anointing come out. I got this message in the YouTube all the time. People got touched. Demon come out from them because they're so far away from me. One lady. She is a Laotian lady in France. She was sick, and she listened to our YouTube. And while she was listening in the kitchen, God touched her. She got drunk. Demon come out of her. Her husband walked out from the stair, from the second floor. What is going on with my wife? Why she was drunk? And demon come out, and then he got saved. And now the whole family go to church. It has to happen that way because Doctor Lao doesn't fly to France. But there is something more than just internet. There's something about the power of coming together. Let me ask you this question: How many people feel lifted up when you come close to Pastor Da and she talk to you? How many people feel that way? How many of you come in and very depressed, and after you are here for a while, talk to people and you feel lifted up? There's some power of gathering together. The same thing with negative things. Depression is catching. If you allow depressed people to come around you and talk negative to you, blah 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 blah, bad life is terrible. Oh, blah blah blah. You know it will come on you, and you get depressed too. Is that right? So that's why it's so important to stay away from depressed people, because you're gonna get. Suck into depression with them, 
But we should be around people of faith. Amen. Let me show you the scripture. Show you Philemon verses 4 to 7. Philemon 4 to 7. Listen carefully. I give thanks to my God for you always when I mention you in my prayers because I continue to hear of your love. Is it important to hear the testimony of people love God and blessed by God? And of your loyal faith. It's so important to hear from one another. The love and the faith in God, which you have toward the Lord Jesus and which you show toward all the saints, God's consecrated people. And I pray that the participation in and sharing of your faith is important to share your faith. Is it important? In the past week, I give you example. Past week, I have a difficult uh, situation with one of my patients. Very difficult to treat. And I'm concerned that I have to go back to perform another surgery. And I don't want to. I want her to go home. And in Minnesota, on Saturday morning, I start to get depressed about this situation. And Pastor Da say, let's pray. And suddenly she say, you remember, honey, that day when you pray for that young man, that he has a big hole in the skull, and you pray and God closed that up overnight. You think God can perform the same miracle for your patient? Ooh, when she talk faith like that? Why am I depressed? She shared faith with me. You know, that's why we need each other. When I've heard that, yeah, I pray in the name of Jesus. She's going to be fine. This morning, I walk into the hospital and look at her. Oh, she looks much better now. She looks much better now. By faith. You see, we need to share. Sharing of your faith may produce and promote full recognition and appreciation and understanding and precise knowledge of every good thing. Wow, I like that. You share faith. You come in together to talk. And that is ours in our identification with Christ Jesus and unto his glory. For I derive great joy sharing the faith, come together, fellowship, talking about the goodness of God, when you have faith, you, in, you are stirred up by the word of faith. Then what happened next? Great joy and comfort and encouragement from your love because the hearts of the saints who are your fellow Christians have been sheared and refreshed through you, my brother. Wow. This is a very powerful scripture. I want to tell you, every one of us, have a common call of God in our life. Listen carefully. You don't need to be a preacher. You don't need to be a pastor like me. Everyone, point to yourself. I have a call of God. Point to the next person. You have a call of God. You know what is the call of God in your life? The call of God is that you are an encourager of your brother. Your job your calling is to encourage your brothers and sisters by speaking faith, by smiling, laughing, have a spirit of victory, and speaking the goodness of God and telling them how good God is. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We are the house of joy, the house of faith. And when we come together, we can share what God has done for us in our life. How many people agree that God has done something for you? Is that right? God has done something for you? Even if it happened 10 years ago, that's okay, you can share again. It may happen yesterday, that's okay, you can share. It may happen 20 years ago, you can share. You are an encourager of your brother. Amen. You don't need to be a preacher. You can have testimony of how good God is in your life. The miracle that God gave to you. And you turn to the person next to you and say, you know, God is so good to me. 
I want to encourage you. God is awesome, and that person bright up with faith, with joy, with strength. That's why we need to get together, come together. Let me read one last scripture, Ephesians four twenty nine, and I will end here. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace. To the hearers, what is grace? Grace is the supernatural power of God to help you to do what you are called to do, and to be what you are called to be. We need the grace of God. I was successful in my trip to Minnesota this time. That all these husband raise hand to serve God with their wife now. That's my job. This trip to get the whole family serve God together. By The grace of God, not because I'm a great guy. Let me tell you one thing before I end the sermon. You may know many facts in your life. Listen carefully. You may know many facts, and some facts I don't say. I say facts. I don't say truth. You may have many facts in your mind. Some facts are very impressive and very interesting to hear, but. You have to be led by the Spirit and be spiritual people, because even though some facts are real and are very impressive and very interesting to hear, but if you know that those facts will not build people up, but make people down, don't share about it. Amen. Don't share. You share. You talk only the facts that. Edify people. This is a spiritual maturity. When you become more mature, you don't put people down by what you say, even though what you say is a fact. You just keep your mouth shut about that, put it away, give it to God, and don't talk about it. You only open your mouth. The Bible say. For necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Be led by the Spirit. You don't need to say any everything you know in your brain. Put it away. Give it to God, and don't talk about it. Amen. What is our calling? Encourager of our brothers. Should we be in the house of God? Should we come together on a regular basis, and should we encourage one another? So from now on, when you come to church, you have the goal to encourage brother and sisters with the testimony of your faith, of the goodness of God. Build each other up, and the church will be full of joy. Amen. The the house of rejoicing and the house of faith and the house of victory. That is New Hope International Church. We're going to be the house of victory, the house of joy, and the house of faith. Are you learning something today? Is it important what we learn today? Husband and wife, boyfriend, girlfriend. From now on, don't talk negative to each other. Only build each other up. You talk to your children the same way. Parents, when you talk to your children, talk faith, talk positive, build their faith. Amen. Father, we thank you so much for teaching us to be a rejoicing house of God, a house of faith, a house of love, a house of joy, a house of victory and triumph, overcoming people. Lord, Father, we thank you so much for reminding us to be an encourager to our brothers. Lord, we're gonna remember the good things that you have done for us, and we keep record to share testimony of God's goodness, God's grace in our life. Everywhere we go, help us, Lord, to shine the light of joy, to fill our heart with faith and rejoicing. That our tone of voice would be so full of the word of encouragement, Father. 
help us to be faithful in coming to the house of God, in assembling, meetings together. Every Sunday when we come together, we will cheer one another up. We will do like Philemon. We're gonna encourage one another to have more faith, more joy, more victory, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us this truth. God, our mouth, Lord, that we will not say anything to make people depressed and down and negative. Father, use us to be an edifier, not downer, but builder and encourager to our brothers and sisters in the church, Father. Husband will encourage his wife. Wife will encourage her husband. Parents will encourage their children. Members will encourage their pastors. We're going to be an encouraging and rejoicing community, Father. Heaven is open over us, Lord. We will be that kind of Christian. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you don't know Jesus Christ, I would like to invite you to join the family of God to receive salvation. You may not be sure yet that you are a believer. Why don't you assure today by speaking to God and receive Jesus into your heart. Jesus died for your sin. The Bible says he is the only way back to God. He died for you. He paid a price for you. Why don't you follow my prayer if you want to become a child of God? Close your eyes and pray with me. Father in heaven, I admit I am a sinner. I have made mistakes. But you love me so much. You want to forgive me. You want to restore me. Save me. Thank you, Father, for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, into this world. Jesus died for me, paid a price for me. Forgive me. Lord Jesus, I received your gift of salvation. I am saved from sin, from curse, from sickness, from all the bad things by you, Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my life right now to be my God. From today on, I shall walk with you. I shall read the Bible, pray, and go to church to be in the fellowship. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Congratulations. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you glad you're in the church today? Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you feel that, some of you feel that you want to be used by God to be an encourager, to have more faith and more joy, that from now on, what you speak will be always encouraging people. Some of you may grow up in a very negative home, very dull situation. Your parents may always speak negative. And you have that curse and habit in you. That everywhere you go, you always look in a negative way and you speak negative. I want to pray for you that the Lord will really touch you and change you to become a new person. That always speak faith and positive thing and look at the things in the world in a positive way and have faith instead of looking at the wrong thing but looking at the right thing from the eyes of God. Some of us grow up in that kind of environment. I, I was one of them, actually. God saved me. I was a very negative man. Pastor Dan knows very well. 
I remember when I was a young man, we were in the bus together, and she looked at my face. Why I like this guy? He's so negative. He's so negative. But thank God, God saved me. Now I become a new man. I become a positive man. God saved Pasadena, not me. Too. She has the same husband, but a new husband, a new man, same husband, because God saved me from being negative. I grew up in that kind of environment, always negative. Amen. So if you come from that background, I, in Pasadena, would like to pray for you that God will really turn you around to be positive, to be to have the spirit of faith, spirit of joy, spirit of hope, spirit of victory. Amen. If you need to go, I understand. Yeah, you will not offend me if you have to go. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. So the